The physical changes are secondary. It's the mental transformation that gets people hooked on health and fitness. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast, where you've come to grow your mind in order to transform your body. I'm your host, Deanna. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Mental Reps Podcast. And I think I say this every time, but I'm super excited for today's episode because it is going to be the first episode of the series so far with a guest speaker. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of an introduction. The guest speaker for today is none other than my sister, Dara. So I'm going to be talking through a little bit. I'll give you guys some intro, some background on her, but I'm really going to let her kind of take the mic for a good majority of the show for today. So we're going to be rolling through a little bit of a spinoff of one of the episodes that I had done earlier, a few weeks back, kind of talking about transitioning from being an athlete, being a student athlete, and going from that into the workforce, a nine to five, kind of the grind with you know, real life problems versus being a student athlete and kind of everything that, you know, you deal with on that end. So she, just like I have some good insights into kind of what that looks like. She was a division one athlete as well. Again, I'll let her kind of give more of an intro. Um, but she then now transitioned and works a typical nine to five with the commute, with the hours in the office, the whole nine yards. And I really wanted her to kind of come on the show today and give you guys some insights because I do not do that. I work entirely from home. I have the very much flexibility to kind of manage my schedule exactly how I want it for my health and fitness. So yes, in my opinion, it makes things much easier. So I wanted to give her a chance to kind of give her side of the story and more so give you guys some tips and tricks to kind of navigate those waters. If this is you, you are working, you know, a nine to five, you're in the office, you're commuting, you're doing all those things, but you still want to stay on track for your health and fitness. So I'm going to turn the mic over to her. I'll let her give a little bit of background as well. What's up, everyone? Uh, Like Deanna said, my name is Dara. Uh, She is lucky enough to have me as her (laughs) sister. Um, So kind of to just give you guys a little bit of a background, um, me and Deanna have done gymnastics together our entire lives. Um, I'm sure you've heard her speak to this a little bit, but we started gymnastics together when we were about three years old and um, graduated high school at the age of 18, still having done gymnastics our whole lives together. So from there, um, she took more of a traditional gymnastics path. Um, She was a D1 athlete at the University of Maryland doing gymnastics, um, whereas I committed to Quinnipiac University for acrobatics and tumbling. Um, For those of you who don't know, acrobatics and tumbling is a new NCAA uh, Division I sport that was created about 10 years ago. There are about 40 schools in the country right now that offer this, um, actually at all uh, division levels, D2, D3, and D1. Um, oh, do they really? It's yeah. All, it's all divisions? I thought it was just D1. Yeah, so obviously QU's D1, so we competed against a lot of the other D1s, um, but also some of the D2s kind of just as the sport is growing. Um, there's definitely a bunch of schools like grouped into all those different divisions and all of those categories. Um, How would you explain acro and tumbling? for those people who don't know what that is. Yeah. So like I said, obviously I've done gymnastics my whole life, but acrobatics and tumbling is obviously not gymnastics. Mm -hmm. Um, I heard about it um, when Deanna actually went to a recruiting clinic for gymnastics and they kind of presented the sport. I had never heard of it before, Uh, but basically just to kind of summarize, it is, I would say a combination of both cheerleading and gymnastics. I've obviously never done cheerleading. That's not really necessarily (laughs) my skill set. Um, 
actually coming from a gymnastics background, I'm sure Deanna can speak to this as well. We definitely have a little bit of a bias towards cheerleading. Oh, 100%. Um, and and it, in comparison to gymnastics. So that that's kind of funny that I transitioned into a sport that utilizes that skill set when we may or may not have made fun of uh, that sport <laughs> growing up. 100%. If you guys, if anyone's a gymnast out there, like you, you don't frown on cheerleading, but it's like a tear down from it. It's just, it's not as rigorous, I would say. Yeah. And obviously there's different levels of cheerleading, but I think oh, yeah. for some reason, there's always just that gymnastics versus cheerleading mindset and who's more athletic. <laughs> um, so obviously that was kind of something that I had to get used to now competing for a team that was made up of, I would say half gymnasts, um, half cheerleaders, but kind of just going back to the sport in general, it's basically a combination of the two. Um, it's a lot of the tumbling, like the flipping aspects of gymnastics, um, while also the lifting people above your head, you know, um, the pyramids and the, um, like the group routine. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. So definitely kind of a combination of the two. So obviously did gymnastics my whole life, wasn't super interested in continuing it in college, um, but did still want to be an athlete. So that was kind of my transition into finding a home at QU and finding kind of a compromise between being an athlete, but not necessarily doing gymnastics. So that was kind of the transition um, from growing up doing gymnastics our whole lives together and then kind of our separation between gymnastics and acro yeah. in college. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I'm, I'm super glad you, you went that route. I think both of us were really unfamiliar to that sport because it was so new when, you know, she was being recruited and it was really cool because she, like she said, you know, didn't want to do gymnastics in college and like, cool. But like, she was an athlete her entire life. She is used to 40 hours a week of practice and the grind of sports that it's like, well, I still want to do something, right? Like, I'm not going to just go to school to go to school. And I think some people make that decision. But if you're in that athlete mindset for so many years, it's really, really hard to kind of give that up. So she definitely found her place at QU with Acro and Tumbling. And if anyone has no idea what we're talking about with this sport, go look up Quinnipiac's Acro and Tumbling team and just watch watch a little bit it's of it. It's sick, honestly. It it's is so cool. It is the coolest. She's had me like try to do what we're talking about with like, the cheerleading side of things, like lifting people above your head, whatever. Like these girls are like standing on top of each other upside down. Like it is crazy. And the amount of sheer strength needed to do that. She's had me like try a few things to try to like base her to, and it was it was an epic fail. It was absolutely horrible. She wound up crashing down on top of my head. It was yeah. not, it was not good. So shout out to anyone who can do that and do it well, because she made that transition look real easy. And I know it definitely was not, but kind of to go off of that, I want you to talk through a little bit of kind of your, your insight. Cause I talked about this in my previous episode, your insight in what it's like to be a student athlete. If you were to sum that up in like a sentence, what would it be? Um, not to sound too cliche, but it's just absolutely a grind. Um, <laughs> it's a freaking grind. It's bro. a grind. Like, I really don't know how else to explain it. I think that's kind of the perfect word to, to sum things up. Um, like Deanna said, I didn't want to not participate in a sport in college. I'm the type of person who I like to be busy. Um, I like to work hard. I like to have something to strive for. So that was definitely something that I wanted to incorporate on top of academics and obviously attending class every day. Um, but I mean, we're, we're talking 20 hour minimum practices a week, and that's not including getting there an hour early to make sure that you're stretching and rolled out and doing a little bit of a warm up before practice even starts. That doesn't consider staying an hour after to jump in the ice bath or do any sort of recovery, um, with your trainers, 
Uh, we have lifts on top of that, obviously strength and conditioning sessions. So to say it's a formal, you know, 20 hours a mm -hmm. week is not even really accurate because obviously there's a lot more that goes into it. And then you're talking about taking classes on top of that. So um, in terms of just being a student athlete and kind of already working that 40 hour work week between classes and practice, um, that obviously did help with the transition into the workforce. We'll get into that a little bit more. Um, but it, it's just a grind. And I think it takes a special type of person who kind of appreciates yes. that and likes being busy enough um, where they almost stress themselves out and drive themselves crazy to the point of I, I kind of like this and I like having <laughs> something to work towards every day. Um, so that was kind of my um, reasoning behind picking a sport, sticking with it, continuing yeah. athletics through college, even though obviously it was a lot of hard work. So. Yeah, a, a special type of psycho. And if anyone who's listening has done division one sports or really just played a sport through college like you'll grunt and you'll groan and you'll complain and it's hard and it's tough but like in the back of your mind like you love it you you love that grind and you wouldn't be doing it if you didn't and again, and I even like I miss it now so oh, you yeah. know in the moment there's obviously days where you're like I want to give up I want to quit you know I can't do this anymore but obviously you push through and then you look back now and you're like damn like I'd do anything to be back in college going to practice right now, then going to class, like, hanging out with yeah. my friends. Like it's just, it's such a cool experience. And obviously it's a lot of dedication and a lot of hard work, but I think it's totally worth it. So yeah, 1000%. I would, I would give my, my left foot to be back there. Just, it, it's a different kind of grind and we'll talk through the work grind next, but you're doing something that you love with the group of people that you love. And yeah, it's freaking hard. Yeah. Your body hurts. Yeah. You're tired. Like there's so many things that in the moment you'll complain about, but looking back, I think we both can agree that like it has entirely shaped who we are, like our personalities, the probably, you know, quality, you know, attributes that lead to a successful career lead to getting jobs that we love and that we thrive in and just so many, so many different aspects. So I think honestly, athletics, if, if you've done it, you've done it. And you know, what we're talking about, and if you haven't, you haven't, but at the end of the day, I think it has immensely shaped both of us as who we are and, and the people that we are and how we, how we approach anything in life. So, uh, to sum it up, it is definitely a freaking grind. She said it perfectly, definitely a grind, but something that I think we both cherish a ton. Okay. So then you go from a full-time student athlete, you know, full-time and a half, to be honest, student athlete. And then you graduate and your whole identity is basically stripped right from underneath you. And you're left with what the hell do I do now? What does that look like? And for a lot of us, myself included, kind of, as I talked through um, previously, it was really hard. It was a really, really big challenge to figure out who the heck I was outside of gymnastics, outside of Maryland for her, outside of, you know, being a part of this team. It's like, you're just you like what the actual hell. So uh, transitioning from that into the workforce, what are your thoughts? What are your like, how did you kind of go about that? Yeah. So um, like Deanna's kind of saying, obviously, um, acro and tumbling too, it's definitely a team sport, yeah. which is a little bit different than gymnastics too. So again, I had that identity of being on a team. Um, there was actually, you know, 40 other girls on the team. So I kind of had that sisterhood and that bond with all of those girls. And then, you know, upon graduation, we're all going off in our different ways, um, trying to figure out what we want to do career wise. So it's definitely a struggle to kind of figure out where you fit in in the real world and, and just, your footing with it. Yeah, yeah, like take your skill set that you learned um, as being a student athlete and kind of just see how um, and where that would translate like in the real world. Um, 
So kind of going into uh, jobs, um, I was a business major, specifically a marketing major, um, not entirely sure what I wanted mm -hmm. to do um, post-grad. Uh, obviously, business is a little bit open-ended. There's a ton of jobs out there um, in the business world. Yeah, I mean, you talk to business majors, they everyone kind of has a similar um, understanding of, hey, I want to make a ton of money, but what do I, <laughs> I want to do and how can I do that? Yeah, like I know the grind. I'm ready to hustle. I'm ready to bust my ass, but like in what direction? Like, yeah. what am I doing? Right. And like, there's, there's so many different options. So that's kind of where I was like, okay, now let's break it down. What do I actually want to do? So, um, just kind of go into a little bit more of specifics. I was actually approached by a company, um, huge corporation, Cintas corporation on LinkedIn. Uh, one of the sales managers there actually reached out to me kind of seeing where I was at in terms of finding a job sent him over my resume and he actually pointed me to our HR manager saying, Hey, we have this really cool program. It's called a management trainee program. Your background as a student athlete um, seems to be a good fit for the program. Let me pass over your resume to her and you guys can kind of get to talking. So uh, right off the bat there, just being a student athlete and actually in my LinkedIn description, saying that I was a student athlete was how they were able to find me um, through that webpage. So it's kind of cool too that just being a student athlete and having that experience got me in the door. Yeah, it's like the it's like instant clout and credibility that like all right, you can handle tough shit. Yeah, like, it's like hey, like you is. were a student athlete, like I can automatically assume like you're a hard worker. Yeah. Like that's not a, a doubt in my mind. You know, do you know a ton about the business world? Not necessarily, but can I assume that you work hard and you're gonna put your best foot forward in everything you do? Yeah, like the rest is kind of teachable. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the cool thing that comes with having that, um, title, I would definitely say, but so just to go into it, I don't want to get into too many details, but, um, the management trainee program at Cintas is probably one of like the most prestigious, um, positions that they hire for. It is post-grads, um, interested in learning the business, but not exactly sure where they want to go in the industry or in the business. So kind of a perfect fit for where I was at. Um, looking at jobs after graduation. So this is a two-year um, rotational program where you basically, you rotate all the different departments that we have. You learn the business from the inside out. And then from there, they fast track you into a management position. So they're looking for the best of the best, the cream of the crop. Um, obviously, the people who are willing to put the time in, learn as much as they can, but also people who are going to contribute to the company. Right. Like, hey, we have, you know, a bunch of these 21, 22-year-olds who are highly educated. Um, they know a lot about the business world. They're willing to work hard. Like, let's teach them the business specifically, our industry specifically, and let them kind of lead the way. Um, so that was a that was a cool um, program, the way that they kind of advertised it to me. It was definitely something I was interested in. And I've been with the company in that program ever since. So um, definitely having that student athlete title got me in the door in the interview process. Like, hey, explain a time where you had to overcome adversity. Like, <laughs> hey, no problem. Like you want 20 examples or yeah. 25 examples? Because, you know, I have a little bit of both. Or explain a time where you had to, you know, approach someone in a higher position and explain to them how you made a mistake. Like, oh, okay, we'll actually talk to my, my coach, coach last yeah. week. Like, you know, so that kind of makes it an easier interview. And it's all of the qualities that they're looking for in a candidate. Um, obviously not business related, but just the fact of like, the kind of person you are and the character that you have. And that's what kind of helped me secure the job to begin with. And that's what helped 
what has helped me be so successful in the role since I started. So yeah. Yeah. And even just to broaden the scope a little bit too, I mean, athletes and sports and not even sports specific, you have that foundation of exactly what you said, working hard, you're able to learn, you're coachable, right? Whether it's your coach or your boss, like you listen, you learn, you interpret and you pivot moving forward. And I think that those qualities, I mean, athletes, you're kind of like bred into it. But even if you are not an athlete, you don't play sports. If you display those qualities through life, you're guaranteed to just be presented with a hell of a lot more opportunities and more situations to grow and to build than someone who's not. So just again, having that background for her, I remember her telling me like what the job was and the position. I'm like, this sounds like pretty high end. Like this, are you sure this is like an entry level type deal? And she was like, yeah, you come in as a beginner, you'll learn everything you need to learn. And they're pretty much you know, molding you to be at the top of the food chain by the end of not, you know, your two years, but setting you up for success moving forward. And I think to come into that program with them already expecting that of you comes entirely from your past as, as an athlete, for sure. I mean, it's it's been really cool just to watch her grow through it as well, because I know you started and you were like, what am I doing? And yeah, now it's yeah like- we'll definitely get into that a little bit, too. But um, just kind of going off of that as well, I don't want to I don't want to seem like, oh, I got the job because I was a student athlete. And if you weren't a student athlete, then you're not going to get a good job out of college. Like that's by no means what we mean, um, you know, by having this conversation. But I think if you walk into an interview with enough confidence and enough examples from your own personal life of things that you've done that would translate into you being a good employee for that company, like that's kind of what they're looking for. I mean, I have um, other kids in the MT program with me who weren't student athletes, but were involved with things at school, did things in their personal lives, um, you know, managed a food truck, worked a job, just having things that show what kind of person you are and the work you're willing to put in. So I think that that's just important in life and with anything, not necessarily. It's it's less about the experience and more about who you are. Like, can you learn this? Can you, can you figure this out? Right. Absolutely. So kind of going into that, um, I know this was not an easy. I've talked about this too. I worked in person, you know, nine to five for a few short months before I got the hell out of there. I could not do it. You have stuck with it way longer than I have. So kudos to you. But um, talk through a little bit of what that was like to transition from, okay, student athlete, super freaking busy. Then you have like a few weeks off in the summer, right? You kind of get into the workforce, but you're relaxing, you're chilling, you're doing your thing. And then you get hit in the face with, this really incredible job and this great opportunity, but this incredibly insane schedule that you're not used to at all. What was that like? Yeah. So Deanna keeps saying nine to five, which is cute, but I actually work (laughs) eight to five minimum. Um, so I know everyone says a typical nine to five. Um, I work for obviously a big corporation. Uh, we work mainly an eight to five, an hour lunch break is is not a lunch break. You kind of work through and maybe nibble on some food while you, <laughs> you know, while you get through the project that you're working on. But just wanted to clarify that real quick sorry, before guys. I got into eight anything to five, else. Eight to five, maybe even a seven to five. Well, it's honestly, it's a six to five by the time you freaking leave the house. So anyway. Yeah. So kind of to get into that a little bit, um, I was obviously lucky, lucky enough to secure this job. Um, the downside of it is it is an hour from our house. So I do have an hour commute to work every day and an hour (laughs) commute home from work every day. So obviously that's a minimum of two hours added to my day um, that people with a shorter commute um, obviously don't have to deal with someone like Deanna who works from home. (laughs) You know, she's not getting in the car every morning and driving 40, 50 miles to work every day. Um, So definitely was a smack in the face when I first started. Um, Obviously I did have the experience of, 
balancing um, schoolwork and athletics at school, but this is kind of just like a different kind of it's a different grind. Yeah, really yeah, and it's it's being an adult and it's being an adult very quickly, uh, especially <laughs> in the position that I uh, kind of took on. So just to what that kind of looks like for me, at least um, my schedule's all, all over the place. But like on a typical day, I, I'll get up around six. Um, I'm out the door by 645. So I can be at work by 745. I'm working that full eight to five work day. Um, I'm going to the gym after work, and then I'm driving another hour home. So I'm out of the house for a minimum of like 12 to 13 yeah. hours a day. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more in terms of prepping and how I kind of make sure that I fit everything into my schedule. But definitely the first few weeks of starting the job, I, I was not happy. Like, really? I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was definitely miserable. Um, I'm waking up super early, which is not even something that I'm not used to. But then to just drive all the way to work, um, work a full work day, you know, I'm complaining to my mom, not, you know, no one has this type of commute. Like I just started working and I'm driving an hour there and driving an hour home. So it definitely took the first few weeks, um, if not like a month into my job to kind of settle into a routine, not be as exhausted mm -hmm. all the time and kind of just get my feet under me and realize what I needed to do in order to be successful, like in all aspects. Um, because I think so, it's different yeah. too, like showing up for work, the commute, the, the, like being an athlete, like you'll show up for class. Like, what are you wearing? Sweatpants. Yeah, you're listening, but you're sitting there kind of passive. Yeah, you're going to practice. Like you're with your teammates. There's music on there. You're lifting. Like you're doing as much in a day, but it looks so different. It looks so different. You're getting up. You're putting yourself together. You're in front of people who are above you all day long. Like you're not just schlepping around you know as an athlete you got your sweats on got your headphones in you're just getting through your day but like you're in the workforce now you're not showing up there in sweatpants getting yeah, through yeah. the day like yeah absolutely I mean oh. I'm, I'm putting on you know business pants uh, a blazer <laughs> heels um driving to work and then you know expected to be impressive all yeah, day long yeah. and I think that that was something that I had to get used to as well of just you know having the stress and the pressure of showing all of these people that I work with and these higher ups that, Hey, they hired me for a reason. I know I'm only 21 years old, but I'm expected to be in a leadership position and kind of show people what I'm made of day in and day out. Like, it's not like it's exhausting. you show up, like you said, with your hoodie on, you know, <laughs> and you're kind of half listening to your professor in the back of the room. Like it's exhausting to kind of always be on your A game. And obviously I've adjusted and gotten used to it, but that was a big thing as well of, you know, showing up, but not just showing up, like actually, you know, putting, putting the work in and showing everyone at my job that I was someone that they could trust and hand me big projects. And I would consistently deliver because that's ultimately what's going to continue to allow me to be successful and kind of keep yeah. moving up in the company. So you have, to, you, have to, you have to prove yourself every minute of every day, every week, day in It's and like day an out. interview almost every day. Like yeah. that's, that's kind of how I view it. And I think that that's, um, may sound intimidating, but if you, if you view every day kind of as a job interview of like, Hey, what can I do today? That's going to show them that I'm ready for the next step. You're always going to be the one who's getting promotions yeah. and just continuing to, to work your way up. If you kind of approach every day with that mindset. And that's what I kind of try to do. Okay. So now that you're in that eight to five grind Thank every, you. Thank every you. single day, eight to five, seven to five, eight, now that you're in it, right? How did you switch from kind of that slump of like, holy crap, this is hard and this sucks a lot. How do you switch from that to kind of where you're at now? Because you definitely don't, you know, I hate this. This sucks. That is not the mindset you have now, even a little bit. So how did you kind of switch from one to the next? 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, like I said, the first few weeks, definitely like the first month that I was doing this, um, it's kind of tired all the time, not really seeing the big picture. Um, hey, should I start looking for another job? Would it be easier if I had a five minute commute down the road? Would it be easier if I had a work from home job? Obviously, um, I started kind of mid pandemic. There was a lot of opportunities to work from home. Would I be happier doing something like that? So I think one of the big turning points for me um, was my mentor at work actually gave me a book to read. Um, the book is called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Um, for anyone listening right now, I highly recommend picking up that book. That kind of changed my outlook on everything and gave me a different perspective just in terms of what I was working towards. Um, so the book in general, it's, it talks a lot about the idea of compounded interest. And basically what that means is just doing something every day that accumulates over time into you being successful. So those people in life that are willing to put in that 1% every single day, and I'm not saying for six weeks or for even a year, I'm saying every single day until you reach whatever goal you're trying to reach, that's where, you know, the interest compounds over time. And obviously, if you're putting in the work every day and you're doing those few things consistently, then those are the people that are going to end up being successful. So I kind of mirrored that into the MT program and kind of just where I was at in life right now. Just, hey, you know, you do what you need to do every single day consistently and you're going to reach your goals. And that kind of kept me motivated to continue working towards what I was working towards and realizing that, you know, I'm in the right place. I just need to kind of change my mindset and do those things every day that I need to do in order to be successful. So um, that book was definitely super helpful. It's, it's not a hard read. Um, I think I used to just read a chapter a night before I went to bed, kind of put me in a good state of mind going into the next work day. Um, talks a little bit about financials and obviously if you're saving money over time, how that compounds. Um, just a lot of good good little nuggets um, in that book if you're ever interested. But I think starting off that book really um, helped me kind of just reevaluate where I was at and just seeing that there's light at the end of the tunnel as long <laughs> as you're willing to continue to work um, towards something. So that was definitely a big motivating factor into just kind of getting out of that slump of, Hey, you know, like I, I should be, you know, I'm blessed to be working the job that I'm working right now to have the opportunities that I have. It's kind of an upward trajectory in the job that I'm in, in the industry that I'm in. So kind of just realizing that it's going to take time. Um, obviously we, we kind of come from a generation of people that expect instant gratification. Mm -hmm. You know, we're ordering things off of Amazon and they're on our front porch within, you know, a few hours later. So it's kind of, like you know, we, we definitely live in a world and especially our generation, the, the younger generation kind of expects things to happen super quickly. And, hey, I went to the gym, you know, three times this week. Why aren't I seeing results? Or, hey, you know, I, I showed up at work and I did one good thing this week. Like, why aren't I being promoted? Like, I think it's just it's a hard concept to wrap your mind around. But once you buy in, you're bought in. And I think that that was just something that I needed to do in order to just keep moving towards a goal and kind of just making progress in the right direction. Yeah, 100%. And that buy-in mindset, that buy-in attitude is 1000% what allows you to be successful at anything. Yes, her job, but like, obviously I'm big in health and fitness and, and having that buy-in guarantees your results. And I know she gave the example of like, not for three weeks, not for six weeks, not even for a year. Like, what's that saying? It's like, uh, give everything, expect nothing. Like, 
always, 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 if you can always be doing more, do more, but don't turn around and look back to see like, if it's paid off yet, am I where I need to be? Yet? Right. Like, right. Just keep going. Like, yeah. You just got to keep going. Like, then... am I the CEO yet? No. Did I lose a right. hundred pounds yet? No. Like, but what difference does it make if you lost 50 or if you're, you know, now the, the manager, you did get promoted, like celebrate those wins and understand that there's no end game. Like there's no stop to any of this. And I think wrapping your brain around that instant gratification and kind of calling yourself out for it helps so much with like her being able to manage her job and the grind and the career that she's in and saying, yeah, okay, this sucks. I could be working from home. I could be, she sees me in my slippers every day. Like, yeah, she could be doing that, but like she's doing something that over time with that compound interest is going to pay off a million times more. So it's just, and like, I'm right now I'm completely, I would say ever since, you know, that initial month period, like I'm bought into the job. I'm just bought into the the mindset that I have and the fact that I am absolutely going to be successful if I continue on the path that I'm on right now. Um, So it's like not even an option anymore. Like, yeah, you know, I I see Deanna in her comfy, you know, work from home outfits of sweatpants, (laughs) you know, as I'm in a a full business suit and heels. Um, So obviously super different. And yeah, would it be nice to sometimes be able to sit on the couch to do my work? Yeah, of course it would. But I'm I'm bought in like I'm I'm completely dedicated to what I'm doing. And I'm just going to keep doing what I need to do in order to continue to be um, successful and kind of just keep working the process. So yeah, yeah, comes down to that, choose your hard, right? Like, is it hard to commute to work? Yeah. Is it hard to get to the gym after work when you're tired? Yeah. Is it harder to look back and be like, damn, I didn't do anything. Like I'm nowhere near where I want to be, or I haven't done shit in 2021. And we're now at the end of the year. I think that's a lot harder. I would much rather make those small, hard decisions every day and let them build up and get to where I want to be than be choosing the easy option, choosing the comfortable option every day for like that immediate gratification of like, oh, this is easy. I'll do this instead. It's getting us nowhere. And she's a perfect example of that too, because she's now almost done with her two-year program as an MT and like looking back, I mean, I can't believe it's almost been two years. It's I insane. know, I can't even wrap my but head But like looking that. back when she first started, it was like, what in the hell? Like, what, what is she doing? What's going to happen? Like, where, where is this going to go? And now it's, it's so solid that it's like, we don't know where it's going to go, but it's going to go somewhere good. Right. And like, that's the, that's the end point you want to get to. You don't have to know where your end game is. You just have to know that you're headed in the right direction and you keep buying in every single day until you get to wherever that's going to be. And like, I love my job too. And I think that that's important as well as like, I've set myself up on a path to be successful. And that's what also makes me love going to work every day. I mean, yeah, I do love working. Um, The people that I work with is a huge reason why I do love my job. But I think every single win that I have um, and the hard work that I put in to get those wins, it makes me love my job and it makes me motivated to keep going. And I think once you get to that point, it's just like the sky's the limit. So Super cool. And I think, uh, again, if you're not on this path and you're listening to her, be like, oh, I want to do that. I want I want to feel like that when I come home from work. Like you're in control of it. You're in, you're in, entirely in control of it. She could have stayed in the, oh, this sucks. This commute sucks. This is hard. She could have stayed in that mindset for years before pulling herself out if she ever did. But she made a choice. She turned it around and I mean, she comes home, I wouldn't say smiling every day, but she comes home like a totally different person than she did when she first started. And it's entirely due to the mindset that she chose. I mean, this this podcast is called The Mental Reps. Like it's about the work that you're putting in from a mindset perspective that allows you to do the physical things that you want to do. And I think it really does come down to kind of choosing what your mindset is gonna be. Absolutely. 
Okay, so the last piece of this puzzle is essentially how how to manage and how to navigate the waters of working a full-time job, not from home, and still being on top of your health and fitness. So, I mean, you guys heard her talk through her experience, her sports background, her, you know, everything. She's not like she started a full-time job and was going to be like, yeah, well, that was a fun chapter in my life. Like, you have to keep it going. And for you, I mean, it's, it's, you're interested enough in it to keep it going. Right. It's not a struggle. It's not, a, it is what it is. So I wanted her to kind of come on here and, and talk you guys through this because like I said, I do work from home and I'm so freaking grateful for that every single day, but I can't give that personal insight into how to manage feeling like super tired from work, your commute home, like how to get to the gym. Cause I'm like, I don't do that. So in your opinion, kind of talk through, I guess we can go through nutrition first. Actually, we'll go through workouts first. Cause I feel like that's the easier piece of the puzzle. How do you manage your full-time job and still managing to get to the gym, stay in shape, work out? Like what does your routine kind of look like? Yeah. So my schedule definitely, um, alters a little bit. Um, I definitely work like a typical, like full work day. Um, it doesn't always look like an eight to five. There are times where, um, in one of my empty rotations, I didn't have to be at work until nine 30 in the morning, but I was staying there until six 7 o'clock at night. So either way, always working a full hour a day, but just figuring out what my schedule is and how to fit that workout in, whether it's in the morning, if I'm going to work later, or if it's after work, if I'm um, at work super early. So my typical like eight to five, kind of what I was talking about before, like leaving the house around 645, getting to work right before eight. Um, I'm in the office, yeah, until about five o'clock at night. So for me, it was a priority to find somewhere to work out close to my job so that I could kind of knock that out, check that off the list before I had to drive an hour home. O originally, when I first started working, um, I was driving the full hour home and then waiting till I got home to work out. And I was just finding like I, I wasn't getting in great workouts because, you know, you're kind of sleepy on the ride home. You're done for the day, essentially, except for that workout. And it, ju it just wasn't working for me in terms of getting the most out of my workouts that I possibly could. So I ended up getting a gym membership right down the road from where I work. So that way I'm five minutes down the road from the gym. I hit the gym for an hour and a half and then I drive home, you know, snack on a protein bar on my way home, have a full dinner when I get home and then I'm kind of done for the day. So that's what it kind of looks like for me um, in terms of when I leave the house early and I don't get back until super late. But so for me, yeah, it, it made more sense for me to get that gym membership closer to work. That way I'm kind of avoiding traffic on the way home, just fitting that into my schedule the best way that I knew how, and also getting a productive workout in on top of that. It wasn't working for me to drive home half asleep, you know, yeah, listening no. to music, getting home, being hungry. Oh, maybe I'll have a quick snack. Then I'll go work out. Oh, maybe I should just go work out. Then I'll eat afterwards. Um, it's way too easy to make that drive home and find some reason why you're not going to work out. And even if you do, like you said, it's not the best quality. You're going through the motions. Like you're exhausted after that day. Don't tack on another to do after you just drove home. Like, and I yeah, watched it, you it come just home felt just, like a force. Yeah, it just no. felt like a force too many nights. I'm like, and it's so easy, you know, like Deanna said, it's so easy to get home and be like, you know what, I'm exhausted. I just worked a 10 hour day. Like you you did good kid. Like you yeah. don't have to work <laughs> out. Like, you, you know, there's nothing else that you need to do for the day. But, um, and the so thing is, those are legitimate reasons. fair to myself. Either, yeah. To just those are legitimate reasons to say to yourself, like, I just worked a 10 hour day. Like maybe you were running around. You like, those are all very legit. But if working out is a, is a priority to you and it matters enough to you, like, then we have to be self-aware enough to know like, okay, that's not working. So you switching to 
a gym right by work, get that workout in, and then you're like riding high, coming home, like feeling good, done for the yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. I just, I think um, for me, working out is just, it's a non-negotiable. Like that is just something that needs to get done every day. And once you add that to your priority list of things of like, hey, it's it's really not an option. Um, then figuring out what that looks like and what the best way to go about that is. Like I said, for me, it was kind of adjusting my schedule a little bit um, in order to get in like a full productive workout. But I think once you have the mindset of, you know, it's not an option. So I have to make it work somehow, some way. Um, That's when you kind of, you know, flip the switch and realize that you need to set yourself up for that every single day, regardless of how tired you are. Because uh, like I'm, I'm tired all the time. It doesn't mean that it's something that I, I give up or take out of my schedule. Yeah. And, and her leaving the house too, like you, you leave with everything that you need for work. You leave with a gym bag packed with your clothes for the gym, shoes for the gym, everything you need for the gym. You leave with a gigantic lunchbox, which we'll touch on nutrition in just a second. Like for her to keep saying like, you have to make it, you know, it's a priority. It's not an option. That means that before she leaves for work, she has to have thought about this, decided, planned for that decision, and then left the house, right? She can't say, oh, I'm going to get to the gym when she's already at work and then say, oh, shoot, forgot my shoes. Oh, shoot, didn't bring anything to wear. Right. Oh, I'll just go tomorrow. And then tomorrow turns into six weeks later. You still haven't made it a choice, right? So she makes that choice the night before. She packs up all her crap and then mm-hmm. she leaves the house. And yeah, it's annoying to lug out 14 bags to the car, but- No, literally, like sometimes <laughs> I can't even fit out the door because of the amount of things that I have in my hands, but it's just, it's what needs to get done. And it's something that I make sure gets done. So that's kind of where I. So how how many days a week would you say you kind of work out or you're active with? Because obviously you work Monday through Friday, right? So what does that usually look like in terms of kind of workouts throughout the week? Um, So I would definitely say throughout the week, um, I try to be the most consistent with my workouts. Um, I'm definitely getting in at least four out of the five solid days. Like I'm talking like lifting, um, actually following a workout program. Um, there's usually one day, uh, maybe towards the end of the week that I'll go for a walk, I'll do something active, right. but I'm not necessarily hitting a full lift, um, just to give my body and my mind like a little bit of time to reset, uh, kind of finish the week on a strong note. Um, and then the weekends typically, um, Saturday mornings are big gym days and then Sunday again, more of that active rest recovery. So I would say definitely depending on what your schedule is, obviously you kind of tailor that to you, but I'm making sure I'm hitting, like I'm working yeah. out five solid days a week. Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of something that I, I make sure gets done regardless of my schedule or what I have going on. Yeah. And and that works for her. She's lifting, she's doing what she needs to do on the days. Say she's, you know, Thursday was absolutely bonkers at work. She planned to go to the gym. She has everything packed. It's now, I don't know, 845, like, and she needs to take that day as a rest day. She can fall back on the fact that like, oh, but I did work out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I will work out tomorrow. Like having the flexibility because you didn't push it off, push it off, push it off. One day leads to the next. So I think she's come, like she has a really good schedule where she's able to make it all work and have the flexibility when she needs to, if something does kind of come up on the weekends, if you're away yeah, yeah, or whatever. Absolutely. There's definitely, you know, Thursdays I wake up, I'm exhausted. I'm not oh, yeah. feeling it. I had a long day at work, but it's like, Hey, you know, 
you hit hard workouts Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So let's do something a little lighter today and we'll pick it back up again tomorrow. But it's right. not like, oh, it's Thursday. I forgot to work out all week and now I'm really <laughs> tired and I don't want to work out again. Yeah, so definitely. It kills me the I forgot to work out. Like, no, you made a choice to work out or not work out. You made a choice to pack your food or not pack your food. And if your health and fitness, like her, how she looks, how she feels, how, you know, that matters to her, as I'm sure it matters to everybody who's listening to this podcast. Like if that matters to you, you have to also make all of the little it's and bitsy pieces that kind of make that work. You have to make those matter too. So for nutrition, I know that's a very big piece of the puzzles. I'm in the office. I, this, that, the other thing, someone brought in cupcakes. I don't know. I hear everything in the books with nutrition. How do you balance, you know, being out of the house, like you said, from 6am till 6pm some days? Yeah, so um, kind of going off of that, I, I do work in more of an office environment where honestly, most of the people that I do work with, they're ordering out every single day for lunch. Um, they're, you know, maybe not necessarily eating breakfast, maybe someone brought in bagels. So people are toasting bagels in the front office. And then it gets to lunchtime. And it's like, hey, you know, should we order <laughs> sandwiches from the deli down the street? Um, pizza. Yeah, should we order a pizza? It's a lot of, um, and it's actually funny to me that most of these people that I work with live so much closer to work than I do. <laughs> and yet they can't plan or choose not to plan to bring food in every single day. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's funny to me. Um, it's like yeah. it'd be so much easier, but it's, if it's not a priority, it's not a priority. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So kind of to avoid getting roped into that, um, I definitely plan out my meals and pack a lunch every day. So what that kind of looks like for me is, Best case scenario, I'm meal prepping on Sunday um, so that I have lunches and dinners already prepared, um, the lunch I'm bringing to work, and then the dinner that I'll heat up when I get home from the gym. What do you typically meal prep? I know you're pretty like pretty basic with your preps. Yeah, nothing crazy. Um, I love like a turkey taco bowl, you know, yep. ground turkey, brown rice, some peppers and onions, salsa. That's one of my go-to favorites. Super easy to make, um, easy to heat up at work, yeah. also easy to heat up when I get home um, from working out. And then I typically stick with, I love buffalo chicken, mm -hmm. like obsessed with hot sauce, <laughs> like anything that I eat, like I put hot sauce on. Um, so I always kind of try to do like a pulled buffalo chicken or just chicken breast um, with some sort of potato, um, some vegetables, broccoli, zucchini. Um, but even like, like I said, best case scenario, I'm meal prepping on Sunday for my lunches and dinners. But even if I'm not meal prepping, I'm still packing lunch accordingly and packing food accordingly to make sure that I have what I need to get through the day, to have what I need to get through my workout and to have food when I get home from working out. So if I'm not, you know, meal prepping on Sunday because something came up, I'm still making sure that I have things in the fridge. I'm packing yogurt and fruit to go into work for breakfast. I'm packing, you know, lunch Sandwich, to bring with apple. me. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm packing a snack for before the gym. I'm packing a protein bar for my hour long ride home before I get home to eat dinner. Um, you would think, she, guys, she leaves the house. You would think she's going to be gone for a month. It freaking kills me. My mom is the exact same way, but like it's what works and you I'm sure would rather be over prepared and not wind up needing that protein bar that you packed than being super hungry, being like, shit, I wish I packed X, Y, and Z and then you don't have it. And then yeah, you're eating the pizza with your coworkers. Yeah. And like people laugh at me. I'm like pulling out like a five course meal out of like, <laughs> you know, the never ending lunchbox that I have. But it's like, that's what I need to do in order to feel good about myself, fuel my day, fuel my workouts. So that's, you know, every day of the week I'm doing that. I don't care. You know, 
oh, you're not going to get pizza with us today. Like, no, I'm not going to get pizza yeah. with you today because you look like that and I look like <laughs> this. Like, it comes down to priorities. We keep saying it, but it's so true. And don't get me wrong. Both of us can sit here and say we absolutely love pizza. I would love a bagel for breakfast. I can definitely fuck up some – what else did you say? for lunch that they get like sandwiches from a deli whatever it is oh, yeah like, like a chicken cutlet yeah. sandwich like Sign obviously yeah I want to eat that but Sign me up like and and again these things you sometimes you do have the pizza for lunch sometimes I do have yeah. the chicken cutlet sandwich like these things are not like a oh no can't eat that type situation but if you're relying on it nine times out of ten your body's gonna be feeling the the negative effects of that for sure so for her prepping on on a weekend I mean it usually lasts you probably what till Thursday Friday usually yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I would even say, like, weekends, just kind of, like, from, like, a balanced perspective. Yeah. yeah, like, my coworkers want to go out for happy hour on Friday, get a drink and some pizza. That's okay, because I made sure that I did what I had to do the entire rest of the week. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not going there and eating the entire pizza pie to myself. <laughs> Um, but I can kind of enjoy myself and enjoy the company of my coworkers without feeling like, oh my God, this was another day that I ate like shit. Right. That's that's her balance. Is she does we always talk about the 80-20, right? She does more of an 80-20 for weekdays to weekends. Her week is that 80%. It's whole foods, it's good meal preps, it's you know, hitting the gym, it's getting her steps in, it's doing whatever she needs to do to be on track. And then her weekends, you know, happy hour on a Friday, yeah, she's a going out fun. on dinner, yeah, going here on Saturday. Like that's where her balance comes into play. And again, it's a balance because of the hard work she put in Monday through Friday and because of the self-awareness she has on the weekends. It's not all in, then all out and repeat. It is a balance in there, and that's essentially why she's able to manage a full-time work schedule, a freaking full-time commute, and still be in really good shape, super strong, consistent in the gym. Like, it has to be a balance. She's not over here restricting everything she's eating, but she's also not, you know, saying yes to the pizza every day for lunch. Right. So I, I think that's a, a big lesson, too, where it comes down to just preparing, prepare, 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 like it, and it, over Bottom line is, like, it can be done if you want it to get done. If you want to make it a priority to, on top of working a full workday, to still be healthy, to get your workouts in, to get your your meals in, like it, it can be done. Obviously, like I'm kind of an example of it, but I think that um, it's easy to fall back on the excuse of, well, I was out of the house for this long, or I had a really long day. Um, but like Deanna said, like I'm leaving the house with a backpack of gym clothes to go to the gym after work. And that kind of holds me accountable as yeah. well. Like, Hey, my gym stuff's in the car. Like how dare you not drive <laughs> down the street and go to the gym? That's just rude. You right. already practiced right. it. Like... So it's just kind of doing all of those things and getting into the habit, but also just getting into the mindset that it's what needs to be done. And it's what I'm going to continue to do. So yeah, hundred percent. And one last kind of final thing, if, if somebody is struggling with kind of getting into that mindset, because again, I come back to that too, it is a choice, it's your decision. And if somebody is struggling to break out of that negative spiral and start to kind of see the good, see the routine like you have, what is kind of a piece of advice or something that you would tell them? And I'm putting you on the spot right now. but Yeah, um, kind of just to sum up everything that we've talked about, I think that in general, um, my boss once told me like humans are masters of self-deception. Like whatever you tell yourself is what you're going to convince yourself. And it kind of goes back to the the fact that the mind is a super powerful thing. So I think it's looking internally, like kind of just reflecting, looking in the mirror and saying, hey, like, did I make an excuse today to say I'm tired and I didn't have time to make it to the gym? Or on the flip side of it, like, 
no, I, I looked in the mirror. I said, this is what I need to do. And it became a non-negotiable for me to get all of that done. So I think more than it is physical, like it's just, it's completely mental and it's just flipping that switch in your mind. Um, and not really relying on someone or something to motivate you. It like, it really does come from within and just kind of having, having that conversation with yourself on a daily basis of, Hey, if I want to reach my goals, like this is what needs to get done. So like, let's just get it done. Um, yeah. It, yeah. So it's like discipline, right. Get it done. Yeah. And, and it's, it's tough. Obviously there are so many times where, um, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather do anything else except for go <laughs> to the gym or I'd rather have, you know, a plate of Buffalo wings than eating, you know, a chicken breast with hot sauce on it. Like obviously <laughs> everyone contemplates Picked that, hard. but yeah. 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 So I would just say kind of evaluating your mindset, just looking, looking within and, and realizing that there are, there's every excuse in the book that you can make, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's valid or that you should stick to it. So. Hell yes. Mic drop on that one. I hope you guys got something out of this episode at the very least, just understanding that it does come from you. Um, and, and from day one, it'll always come from you. So thank you. Get shit done. Get shit done, guys. Get shit done. We love it. Thank you for joining me today, Dara. Thank you, guys. If you guys have any questions for her or kind of specific to what any like anything that she talked about today. Hit I'll, us up. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. I'll drop a little. I don't know if I can ask. You guys can ask questions on here. But you know where to find me. Follow me on Instagram. Follow her on Instagram. I'll tag her in this as well. Um, but yeah, enjoy the rest of your guys' day. See ya. See ya.